Hi friends, and welcome to the True Speaks podcast with Jessica Lauren. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm so stoked to be here with y'all. I started this podcast because I believe that one of the best things we can do is share life and conversations with others about the big things, about the hard things, and about the important things. And I am so excited to invite friends from all different places for some incredible conversations. Hey friends, today on the podcast, I am chatting with my friend Ty and you guys are going to love this conversation. Ty was so incredibly gracious because we recorded this three days before he was leaving the country for two years. And so we just had a really awesome conversation chatting about what he's going to be doing um, and his, his story, his testimony, what his life has looked like here. He did prison ministry here. So of course we talked about that because y'all know I love to talk about prison and we overall just had a really awesome conversation conversation. So I hope you will enjoy listening to this chat with my friend Ty. Hey Ty, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. appreciate you having me. I really appreciate you doing this and carving time out of your life and out of your week. I know that that um, is, is a big commitment in light of big things going on in your life right now. So I'm really grateful. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on. All right. Well, I would love if you just shared with us a little bit about who you are and what your life looks like and mm-hmm. give us a glimpse into the life of Ty. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I uh, my name is Ty, and I grew up in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Um, <clears throat> so, grew up in Cape Girardeau. Um, you know, actually, um, first, just here's kind of my testimony. Um, first, heard the gospel when I was about four or five years old. Um, really, just heard about Jesus and um, didn't understand really the, the the depths of the gospel, but understood my need for Christ. Yeah. I remember um, when you're young, you kind of have these vivid memories of um, you know, uh, that really stick out to you. Mm-hmm. And that was one of them. I just remember the pastor, uh, really sharing about, you know, accepting Christ into your life and, um, you know, knowing Jesus equals going to heaven and trusting him and those type of things. And so I, I prayed to receive Christ and, um, you know, at a young age, again, you don't understand everything, but I believe it to be real. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. as like a child is that, you hear a lot of times you hear the gospel and you're like i love like jesus loves me you know and it's just the best thing and then as you get older obviously like you go farther with the lord but there's just something so beautiful about that that childlike faith you Mm, know for sure and you know i I really want to start there because um when i was young actually about five or six years old um, my parents ended up getting divorced Mm. um and my dad uh, he had been alcoholic for like 20 plus years and he, he he basically he basically chose his, his own life and his his sin over my family and my parents yeah. and my, my um, his kids and his wife. And um, shortly after, he, had, he was actually in an accident. Um, he's been nursing him ever since. Oh, wow. um, and so when you're five or six, you're kind of like looking around, you're like, what is this? What is life yeah. about? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it grows you up real quick when you have to go through stuff like yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, so even being very young, it was a very shaping and forming time for me in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing the impact, you know, my dad's um, decisions had on my mom. And mm-hmm. on our family, and mm-hmm. uh, but even through all that, I just remember like, man, this this sucks, and this is awful. But I know that even though I might have, you know, lost my earthly father in a lot of ways, yeah, I have a heavenly father. Yeah, I have a perfect heavenly father mm-hmm. who's my refuge, who's my rock, no matter what I go through, right? Um, and so from an early age, I've always felt like I had a relationship with the Lord that has been my my refuge and a, a strong foundation for me, no matter what I was going through in life. Um, mm-hmm. And so, continuing up through through grade school, you know, I just like any normal kid, I love sports. Yeah. Um, I played about everything: soccer, basketball, football, baseball. I was into everything. That's awesome. Um, really, just enjoyed hanging out with friends, those type of things. Um, got into junior high, and um, you know, and junior high is a hard age. You're trying to figure out yourself, yeah. and who you are, and <laughs> transitioning, transitioning from that kid yeah. to an adult. Exactly. It's it's a weird time in your yeah. life. Yeah. And. Um, you know, I went through some of that and uh, definitely, um, you know, definitely struggled during those times. Mm-hmm. Like, who who am I? Right, right. Um, you know, what is my identity? Yeah. Am I going to find my identity in, in my sports? Am I going to find my identity in in this relationship with this girl? Yeah. You know, and when you're in seventh grade and, you know, you, you like you say, you're kind of growing up, but then you got everybody. Some some people are like adults already. Some people right. Are adults. It's a weird time, you know. <laughs> it's super and, weird. Uh, it's like, who am I? Right. And um, 
but even through yeah through through junior high through that process it was a struggle for me mm-hmm. it really was mm-hmm. um outwardly i probably wasn't doing a ton of things that people were like oh man Ty, like you're super struggling but inwardly i was and i think there's so many people like that today yeah that um you know you can look at people and say oh yeah like they're struggling with this but there's a lot of people too that are struggling with so many things internally mm-hmm. um and they're just not letting anybody know. Yeah. It's good. It's easy to put on a mask. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, we're all pretty good at that sometimes. For sure. I, I think it's important to recognize that at the end of the day, we are all broken. Yeah. Broken and, and sinful people. Yeah. Um, and so that process for me, you know, um, even though I was struggling, I, I just believe that God was very gracious to me mm. um, through that process and really just drew me back to himself. And yeah. um, he, he worked on me for um, a couple months even. And I was actually, it was probably about my sophomore year of high school. And um, I actually went to a camp. And um, if you're familiar at all with, with church camps, you know, you grew up just from yeah. people who might even know what I'm talking about. It's usually like the last day. Right. You know, everyone makes the these climax. big commitments. Yes. Exactly. These yes. big emotional decisions. That <laughs> this is night. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It is. And, um, but honestly, the Lord had been working on my heart way before that. And it was the very first day for me. Mm. Um I just remember staying after the service and just really feeling just the weight of, of living for myself mm-hmm. and trying to find my identity and all these other things. Yep. And because um, I had basically said, God, okay, I know who you are. I'd heard about him and he'd been with me in so many things. And I was like, hey, peace out. I'm going to go live my life my own yeah. way. Um, I remember thinking those things. And uh, but he was gracious and he drew me back to himself and helped me realize the stupidity of living for myself mm-hmm. and just really how miserable it is. Yeah. And um, so that at that moment, just my sophomore year, um, I was at the camp. I, I realized, you know, I just asked him to forgive me. And no matter what, for the rest of my life, my relationship with Jesus had to be the most important thing in my life. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, that's really what I've strived to do, um, and I still have seasons where I fail and oh, fall. It's an everyday struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I ended up finishing high school. Again, sports is always a big part of my life, so played soccer and basketball. Um, our teams were super blessed. You know, we are just able – we had great coaches, great teams, just great support. You know, we were able to win, like, three state championships. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a blessing to be a part of just yeah. those times and um, good memories for mm-hmm. sure. Um Went off to college, so two years in, in Virginia. Um, went out and played soccer out there. Cool. And uh, got out there, and it, it's funny because you have, like, all these high expectations, yeah. you know, of, of what this next season of life is. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, on one side of it, you're thinking, that, you know, you have all these plans, all these expectations. This is what you want it to be. And when you get there, you realize, no, this isn't how it is. Yeah. Um, and for me, that was, like, that was the, the soccer team. You know, I had trained so hard and worked out so hard and prepared for this. I got out there and our program was just a mess, mm. um, you know, and we struggled for two years and while I was out there and I'd never been a part of something like that, um, just from a sports side. And at the end of the day, it's not like life or death, but right. it's still like, Hey, I went out there to, to yeah. go play soccer. No, it's a, I mean, it's a big part of your life though, you for know, sure. for sure. So, um, yeah, so it was kind of a mess, but at the same time, the Lord was so good and gracious in my life to, really helped me understand more, even more of who he was through that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, he put some really solid pastors in my life who invested deeply in me. Just helped me understand the word of God so much better. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up in the church, there were so many things that I had heard, stories from the Bible. And I think that's for most people in our culture today. They hear mm-hmm. stories of the Bible and that kind of stuff. Um, but it was around in college. It was so formative for me because all these stories and and just connecting the dots of the word of God and really seeing how it's really all about Christ yeah. and his glory yeah. and his mission. And what, what it did for me was I stopped putting myself in the center of the world. And I started mm. realizing, no, life's not about me. Mm. Life's about Jesus. Yeah. And so I need to make my life about Christ. And obviously having a relationship with God growing church, I got those things, yeah. but I didn't really get those there's things. There's a difference. There's yeah, a difference, there's right? Difference. And so I began to see like, no, it's so much better to have Christ be the center of my life. It just takes so much weight off of yeah. me. Yeah. And it frees me up and say, okay, God, how have you gifted me? How have you shaped me? Um, what, you know, what do you want to use my life for? For your glory, not for my own. Right. Um, and so in college is when that really became 
um, just cemented in my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, r- really from that point, stopped pursuing what, what I thought was, you know, something in athletics and sports long term. Mm-hmm. And I was really trying to be a professional athlete. That was my goal. Probably wasn't good enough, but <laughs> I was... I, I worked hard though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta give it a good shot. That's man. right. You know, I just believe you gotta go after whatever you're going after. You gotta Absolutely. Go after 100%. Um, and so I did. I mean, I spent so many hours, you know, training and mm. um, spending time at the gym and working on my craft, uh, my sport. But what I, what I noticed was the more I dove into the Word of God and spent time with the Lord, my heart was the Lord was was changing my heart mm. to find I was finding more satisfaction and more joy in um, doing ministry and helping other people grow in their relationship with God. Um, and so the, the direction that I was going in began to shift dramatically. Yeah. Um, and so that's what the Lord was doing on my heart those, those two years that I was out there and then ended up transferring um, to, um, to another school in Missouri and a little closer to home, um, a little more affordable, um, Really, I made that decision because a couple of reasons. I could finish playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, I could finish school, and um, you know, I could finish. Yeah, I could finish school and, and study something I wanted to study. And um, I also really had a heart and a burden for just um, thinking about the nations and God's heart for the nations. Yeah. I wanted to use soccer to work with international students. That's and, cool. Um, try and be a light to them. And yeah, share the gospel with them and that type of thing. So. Um, my last two years of college were really focused on those things, mm-hmm. and um, it, it was a good time. And really, just trying to grow in the Lord, and you know, just trying to be faithful and serving Him. Um, so I finished out school, and um, the last few years, so I've been out of college. I graduated in, in twelve, but the last few years, just again, just trying to grow in, in, in faithfulness, and um, it's an everyday battle. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but really trying to serve the Lord and serving at some local churches. Um, I was an associate pastor. And a church that really just focused on reaching out to recovering addicts. Mm. And um, just, it, it's a beautiful ministry. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's hard and difficult because it's kind of like, yes. you know, three steps forward, two steps back. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have to be in it for the long haul. For sure. You have to be in it for the long haul. For sure. And uh, so I was part of that, you know, um, he, uh, in my city. And then... Um, after that, there was some people that came to me and asked if I would be the pastor at their church. And so I just stepped into that and said, hey, I want to help you as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also, you know, working at the university and trying to do college ministry. And I just, So just a little bit of everything. Sure. Just kind of my hands in a lot That's of different fine. things. You know, at the end of the day, though, I was just like, Lord, okay, here's my life. Yeah. I have the time. Yep. Yep. Let's, let's do it. Right. Yeah. And I just felt like he had, he had equipped me and gifted me in certain, in certain mm-hmm. ways that I could do those things. Yeah. Um, and so just trying to be faithful. And so the opportunity came, you know, and it was just a learning and growing experience. Um, did that for about a year and a half. And I think really, um, you know, seeing, I think what people really took away from it, my hope and prayer is, is um, really having a better understanding of the Word of God yeah. and just how it applies to yeah. wherever you're at yeah. and whatever you're going yep. through. Um, and so really a good season, you know, of, of leading that church. Um, I knew from the beginning it was just going to be an interim position, mm-hmm. um, but really a blessing to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, so then um, ended up stepping away from that recently and just kind of praying about what's next. And, you know, again, since college, just kind of wrestling even with um, what I talked about before, just understanding God's heart for the nations, mm-hmm. Christ's command to make disciples. And there was an opportunity for me to go overseas to South Asia and serve for a couple of years. So... Um, that's my next step. So, so it's happening. I leave there on Thursday. Um, yeah. So that is wild. Yeah. I'm excited for the, for what's next and yeah. how the Lord's going to work through that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that is so awesome. I just really appreciate you like throwing it all out on the table and like giving us a little glimpse. Cause I feel like sometimes we can look at people and just kind of see the end. Right. Yeah. And we're like, man, how did that, like, I want to be like them. Or like, you can look at somebody and be like, how does their life look like that? Or how are they going to South Asia or whatever Mm. it is? And you don't see the process, you know, and that there is this refining process and this qualification process that that, that we go through, Mm. like, 
with the Lord as we as we walk with him. And so he's like taking us on this journey. And so yeah. I feel like it's so important to talk about and to see um, the nitty gritty and the in-between right. of, of where the Lord leads throughout all these things that, that take you to leaving for South Asia on Thursday. Sure. So sure. how are you feeling about that? Uh, no, I'm, I'm super excited. That's awesome. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit of just bittersweet too. Yeah. Um, and I think that that should be the case. Yes. I mean, if you have healthy relationships in a place, yep, um, it's sad because so many good relationships. I mean, we just had mm-hmm. a going away party that someone someone put on, and there's so many faces and so many relationships that you have in a place, and um, just the blessing they've been in your life, yeah, and just knowing what they mean to you and all the memories. Um, so it's sad, but it's also it's it's also exciting for the next thing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You just trust the Lord with that. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's so cool. Okay, so I wanted to jump back a little bit because sure. you talked about when you, I think you were in Virginia, um, and you were talking about how you had a lot of pastors that were pouring into your life. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about mentoring for a little bit um, okay. because I think that that's like a really big key of sure. our walk with the Lord and mm. growing. Like, what have you seen like work um, and, and what is your heart behind that, like that discipleship relationship? Mm. Yeah, I think... Um, I think it's so huge and so important to mm-hmm. have people who are intentionally investing in your life. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we have a tendency to isolate, especially in this culture. Yeah. You, you want to isolate and you want to, you don't really, um, you don't want people to know what's in your closet mm-hmm. and the garbage that you have in your life. Um, but it's just unhealthy. It's an unhealthy way to live. Yeah. You know, yeah. because at, at the end of the day, I just believe that we were created for community and, you know, at the, at the root of it and the heart of it, you want to be known. Yeah. Life's so much better when you're known and you know other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I just think that's so important. I've seen that, like, just like you said, like just how important that is to have people intentionally invest in your life who know you, know your struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're a little further along in the process yeah. of growing in the relationship with the Lord and just wisdom and maturity in life. They've, they've gone through things, you know, whether it's, you know, marriage, kids, business, whatever it is, right? They, they're a few steps further ahead yeah. and you can look at their life and learn and ask questions. And, um, that's so huge. Yeah. Right. Cause you don't want to walk this life alone. No, no. I have, I have a really dear friend that I get to do prison ministry with and she mm. is, she's just a few steps ahead of me. She's married, she has kids and sure. there's something so, um, beautiful about that relationship because yeah. she, because she has walked this road longer than I have, that's you right. know? And so you can just glean so much from those people. Um, when you can like sit with them a little bit and live some life together and, and just grow from that, that kind of resource. So I love that. I think that's so cool. Okay. So I did want to talk a little bit about prison ministry because that's something that you do as well. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I would love to hear like, how did you get into minute into prison ministry? Like, where did that start for you and what does that look like for you? Sure. So yeah, I actually should have mentioned that uh, when I was just kind of sharing my story, um, so whenever I started working at the church as an associate pastor um, and really focusing on recovering addicts, mm-hmm. they also have a ministry. They have a couple ministries. Um, they do prison ministry. They have um, men's houses and women's houses. Oh, that's awesome. That that's so, really that's try so to re- yeah. rehabilitate and get just get people out of, um, you know, their addictions. Mm-hmm. And so when I was down there, the opportunity came. And the pastor's like, hey, you want to be a part of this? You want to go to some jail ministry? And I was like... Sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, you know, never been to jail before. Yep. <laughs> but let's do it. And that's so, so funny. I feel uh, like that's almost how everyone gets into prison ministry because, yeah. like, how else do you get into? Yeah, it? I don't know. Um, so that was my that was my open door for me. Yeah. And from the first time, every time I go, just such a blessing. Hmm. You know. Yes. Such a blessing. Um, feeling more blessed um, when I walk out of there than yeah. what I've what I've given. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, just really enjoyed that. I've, I've been doing that for the last four and a half years or so. And um, it's, it's been really neat to see the Lord at work. Um, mm-hmm. So, Yeah, absolutely. What do you think that doing prison for that long has taught you like in your own life? Yeah. Um, so, so this is what, what I'll say with it. I think a lot of times people have this um, misconception that Oh, you, you do prison ministry. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. But I could never do that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Those people are so different from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how do you relate to them? Mm-hmm. But you know what? When you when you get in there, you realize people are just people. Yep. 
we're right? all just broken people. We're all just broken people. Yeah. There's no difference between that person and and me at the, at the end of the day. I mean, like I'm a, I'm a couple decisions. You're a couple decisions away from sitting in there. Yep. Where they are. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think something that's also helped for me, like, uh, I mean, I'm pretty straightforward with these guys. Yeah. And you know, yeah, we might not have shared like all the common you know background, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day. You know, and this is what I believe what the scriptures say is that if you don't know Christ, you're dead in your sins. Yeah. Dead in your sins. And so no matter what he's done, that person, that guy I'm talking to in jail, he's just as dead in his sins as I was before I knew Christ. Yeah. And it's the same answer. He yeah. needs Jesus just like I needed Jesus. Yeah. And so if I'm sitting there and I have the opportunity to share with him, like, man, that's a blessing. Absolutely. To be a part of that. Yeah. And so I really don't look at those guys any different than anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm um, as straightforward and as, as blunt with them um, because they need to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys that come in, you know, a lot of guys come in, they're just there because they want to get out of their cell. Right. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know yep. if you faced that. You yeah. faced that before. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. That it's just something to do. <laughs> sure. And I get that. And, but other times people, guys come and it's just like, they're searching. Mm-hmm. They are in a desperate spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see God meet them in those moments. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've, I have a lot of stories from it, but I, I think of one just even recently. Um, I was in there sharing with a guy, and he's probably 45, 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Spent the last 20 years in and out of jail. Yeah. That's his life. Yeah. You know, that's what happens. It's, yeah. it's a revolving door. Yeah. And it, it's just they get in their addiction. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where their community is found. Mm-hmm. They always go back to it when they get out. Mm-hmm. But you could sense that God had been working on his heart before we even got in there, mm-hmm. um, before I met him. Because mm-hmm. when he came out, um, you know, as we were praying, he said something, you know, just along the lines like, man, I just feel like God's working on my heart. Like something's weird, something's going on. And um, I, I started sharing a little bit. And as I shared the gospel, it was like just his eyes just like lit up. And he was like, there, there was something, he was like, that's it. Yeah. Like, it, like God was preparing his yeah. heart to hear the gospel. And when he heard it, he, he just... He actually started weeping, mm-hmm. just tears of joy, yeah. because he heard about Christ and he knew that that, that Jesus was his Savior. When he, whenever he actually said, "Yes, I believe in you," mm-hmm. and it's like his, he knew his whole life was going to be changed from then on out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, it, it was so funny because after afterwards, when I finished, he was like, "He's like one of my name. He wanted to give me a hug. <laughs> you know, he's like my mom is going to call you and she's going to give you a hug oh, and like, my like gosh, <laughs> <the best thing laughs> just like so funny stuff, right?" I Love it. But it's things that only God can do that this guy's life for 20 years. Yes. Like, think about yep. that. Yes. Like, when you, you get stuck in ruts. Oh, yeah. We all do. Yeah. But if a rut of 20 years, 20 year rut. you form certain yeah. habits, certain ways, but like, absolutely. God was able to save him to deliver him out of that. Yeah. And that, that's just one story. Yeah. Right. But right. So many. Right. Well, there's so, I mean, there's so many girls that are like, this is my ninth time in prison, you know, and sure. I'm here because I don't know what else to do. Like, I've gone to every rehab. I've gone to every re-entry yeah. home. I've gone to every program. Like, right. nothing else works, mm. you know? And so, like, if I ever, if I don't want to spend the rest of my life here, if I ever want to see my children again, right. like, then, like, this ha- this has to work, you know? Yeah. And I think that there's something, I think the reason why prison can be so incredibly awesome is that you have a, a lot of people that are pretty aware of their brokenness. Mm. Um, not that they're necessarily more broken than any of us we're just trying to act like we don't have it sure. you know what i mean like yeah. we're all just out here kind of like i'm good like, like everything's image, good right? yes and so but then you you get into jail or you get into prison and they're like yeah we're we're not doing so hot you know right. what i mean and i think that when you start there there's something really beautiful about that because the reality is that we're all broken and we yeah. all desperately need the lord and mm. so um you know that is just a game changer because um one one of my girls said one time i hit rock bottom but what i didn't realize is that jesus was my rock at the bottom you mm. know and so like it can feel like all hope is lost and it can feel like there's nothing left and yet the fact that there is still hope even mm. in prison is one of the most beautiful things ever For sure. So um, I love that. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. Has that been um, like? Do you see the same guys there over and over? So have you said had to say like goodbye to them, or what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, after you know four years or so, yeah. um, and you know, at the end of the day, those guys have been doing this for twenty years and right. stuff like that. But right. you know, after four years of doing it, you see a lot of the same guys, mm-hmm. which is kind of a sad thing. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, because you're doing jail. Doing it's jail. I'm ministry. doing prison. Okay. So different, sure. like because jails, you know, you have people swinging right. around, exactly. whereas like prison, like people are like there for the long haul usually. Yep. So yeah, so you know, you get guys who 
honestly, they've been there though in and out of jail for the last four yeah. years. Yeah. And, yep. um, you know, you don't see them for a while cause they get out, but then they mm. come back in. That's um, gotta be so hard. It is hard. Um, it's sad. You know, they walk in and it's like, they just kind of put their head down. Like, mm. uh, you know, like, yeah. ah, it's like, yeah, it's all right. Yep. Glad you're here though. Yep. Yep. Um, glad you, glad you came and, you know, we can talk and pray a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think here's another, here's another thing is something that guys, what I see is so focused on, you know, we asked for prayer requests when we're finished and mm. most guys, their top priority is just getting out of the situation, just mm. get, just getting out of jail. And, uh, I'm always like, bro, if that's your top priority, you're going to be right back in here again, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. you can change your situation, but you can't change yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so really just trying to help them understand, like the, the problem is you, that's the problem, you know? And, and you need something outside of yourself that's going to change you. Yeah. And that's only the Lord. Right. And right. So, because we can't muster up enough willpower to yeah. make it work. Yeah, you depend know, on your own willpower and strength. Yeah. No, no. Especially in light of addiction, you mm-hmm. know, which is, I would, you know, I feel like that's primarily the things that people struggle with and walk through is some sort of addiction. Yeah. And that is, it's, it's a real struggle. Like mm-hmm. it will destroy your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and it is a real battle even with the Lord, you mm-hmm. know? For and sure. so, yep. um, so then trying to do that on your own strength is near impossible, you mm-hmm. know, which is, is you see that by just seeing that cycle of brokenness. So mm. it is a very real thing. Um, what do you think is important for people to know just about like, like jail and prison and, and ministry in those places and mm-hmm. those people? And yeah, I think, um, you know, something that came to mind just working with recovering addicts. I mean, one, I really want to smash the idea that you, you have to be an addict to work with addicts. Mm-hmm. I think that's a stupid mentality. Yeah. You know, your sin might just be different than their sin, yeah. but we're all sinners, yeah. you know? Yep. Um, yep. But two, the, the reality is uh, addiction has probably touched um, everybody's family one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It might not touch the person that's listening, but it's probably touched, um, you know, their their sister, mm-hmm. their brother, mm-hmm. their friend, their parents, mm-hmm. grandparent, whatever. Yeah. Right? It's probably somewhere. touched. Yeah. Touched somewhere, um, just because it is, um, and it, it destroys relationships. Yeah. It destroys families. Um, those type of things, like you know, for me, I mean, it, it touched my family, my yeah. dad, my my sister. You know, um, and I, there could be a longer list. I want to keep going. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but I think it's one of those things where, where you just have to be willing to step into those difficult and yeah, it can be uncomfortable situations. Yeah. You know, some people come to me and say, no, I couldn't do that. It's like, no, you could. Yep. You just have to step into it. Yeah. You know, you have to be willing to say yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's sometimes that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Because you know what? Just going and showing up like so many times guys have just said, Hey, thank you for coming. Yep. Thank you for keep coming. They just keep coming. Yep. Because a lot of guys don't have anybody else mm-hmm. that's going to come see them. Yeah. You know, their yeah. families are just kind of maybe yep. abandoned or tired of it. And for whatever reason, they're not coming. Mm-hmm. But if you come, you be consistent. It's their one It's their one person a week that, you, that, that they can see. Yes. I was just talking with my friend Jane about this because I was talking to a girl last week. And we were talking about food visits and food in general. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, you know, prison food is the worst and all, all sure. of this stuff, right? Sure. And, um, you know, they they have food visits sometimes. Um, and she was saying that, you know, but she doesn't ever get any because her family, Mm. um, hasn't visited her at all. And she's been there for two years and she's like, they live like seven hours away. And I'm like, can you imagine like not seeing your family isn't, isn't able or isn't willing to come see you drive seven hours and come see you one time in two years. And, and so Jane and I were talking like, like in a way, like, we get to be their their family, like their person mm. that gets to come in and like see them every week. And I was like, what a great responsibility. Like a, mm-hmm. it's very humbling, you know, right. to think about that because mm-hmm. you're like, you know, I can't imagine being mm. in that situation, being in prison, but then right. also like not, not like your, your family not coming to see you ever, yeah. you it's know? Awful. And so, um, 
the fact it is it's showing up it's mm-hmm. being faithful it's it's just the time and and building trust mm-hmm. i think comes with time mm-hmm. i don't think that you can just like walk into the prison or the jail and just like be like what's up you know and everybody just mm-hmm. thinks you're the the mvp like sure, sure. <laughs> you know like there you have to build trust there with those mm-hmm. people um but there is something really big to be said about just showing up just so showing up i love that yep i think that's the, so good i mean there's so much isolation and even in the prison you yeah. know what i mean oh, and yeah. so yeah, showing up, being consistent, being mm-hmm. faithful mm-hmm. makes a world of difference. Yeah. And I think that applies to any ministry, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like not, I mean, very much so to like prison ministry and working yeah. with addicts and that kind of stuff. But in any ministry, like the what God's really called us to is just be faithful. You right. know, it's just keep showing up and keep doing the everyday stuff. That's right. It's not about the results. It's about your yeah. faithfulness. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, it, I, even these last few years I've been going, you know, I, I take some guys with me. That's um, cool. When I go. And there's one guy in particular that I've taken, and you know, uh, he he doesn't always feel comfortable sharing. You know, he'll pray for the guys, but mm-hmm. he doesn't feel super com- comfortable sharing. He might share his testimony every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we've had conversations. He's kind of like, "Why, why should I come?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's feeling like, "Oh, you know, God's not really using me here. He's not." Yeah. You know, but you know what? When he comes and he shows up, and I try to encourage him in this. Like, man, it's just about showing up and being yeah. there. You yeah. know what I mean? And you're making a huge difference. And those guys thank him for coming every time. Yep. And he's like, you're right. They do. Yep. They literally shake his hand. They say, thank you for coming. I that's really appreciate amazing. it. Yeah, that's so. amazing. Yeah, there's just, it's it's so valuable. And I think, I also, I just think the enemy would love to make us think that like, that there isn't value in that, mm. you know? And so I think the temptation is to think, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm not good enough. I don't have anything great to share or whatever. And so mm. why would I ever do that? Right. But the reality is like all that the Lord is asking is just to, to go. Mm. to just show up and so i think that that's super super um powerful so i did i wanted to talk about you know obviously you're getting ready to move overseas Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to talk a little bit about this process of like discerning the lord's voice and Mm -hmm. knowing like what he's saying and when he's saying go or when he's saying stay Mm -hmm. because i'm gonna make the assumption that you wrestle with that a little bit of like okay god like what am i supposed to do and so like how do you hear the voice of god how do you how what has that process been like for you in your life Mm. Yeah, I think it is. It's it's hard. It's a question that I think a lot of us ask. What am I going to do with my life? What's yeah. the next season look like? Um, you know, if you're a Christian, you want to be faithful to God. Um, and so you ask those hard questions. And, you know, I try to look at it from a lot of different perspectives. Something that sticks out to me a lot is I, okay, at the end of my life, you know, when I look back, really what do I want to have invested my life in? Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, that, that process for me, though, is I, I think, you know, as a Christian, um, if I am, if, I, if my relationship with the Lord is healthy and I'm pursuing the Lord, um, I think um, you really should look at and pray, okay, God, give me clear direction, mm-hmm. kind of what's the next thing. And I've had seasons where God said, this is it. This is where you're going. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even in college when I was, you know, transferring schools, like I ended up going to a place that I did not want to go initially. Mm-hmm when I was first going to college and the Lord took me there and it was very clear and I was okay with it that time, yeah, you know, yeah. but I've also had seasons where, um, I just wasn't sure. It wasn't, it, it's kind of seemed like the Lord said, here's an option. Here's an option. Here's an option. Right. Pick one. Like you have a lot of good options on the table. Good it's not options. like Jesus or drugs and alcohol. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there yeah. wasn't like, you know, a real sinful option yeah, in, this, totally. in this picture. It was just kind of like, here's a good option. Here's a good option. Here's a good option. Now, I just, I really think there's so much freedom here. Mm-hmm. If you are pursuing the Lord and your relationship with the Lord is healthy and you're growing and you're maturing, you're bearing fruits of the spirit and the Lord has opened up these doors, mm-hmm. you know, um, okay. Pick one. Yeah. Pick one. Yeah. I think a few things to, to take into consideration with that is, you know, how are you gifted? Yeah. How's the Lord wired That's you? Good. Yeah. Um, passions. You know what I mean? What what passions do you have? Um, because you, you want to work within your giftings. Right. You want to work within your giftings, right. within your passions. You won't always be able to do that. But if you have the opportunity, you're going to be more, be able to make a difference and more mm-hmm. successful yeah. um, to do that. And God's, you know, he has crafted you and shaped right. you. Right, he made you that way for a purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so if you're walking with the Lord and there's a good option, you can use your passions and desires, um, and you kind of think, okay, what? how has the Lord wired me? I think the other thing you think about, though, is, okay, what, what's the needs in the world? Mm, you know what I mean? That's good, yeah. What, what are the things in my community, maybe? 
or the, what are the things in, a, in another country. Um, you know, I, I think about something that's, you know, burdened my heart even is, you know, there's still 3,100 different people groups basically without um, ever hearing about Jesus in their language. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 3,100 groups um, of different people, uh, different people groups that have never heard the name of Christ in their language. Mm-hmm. Um, like that just shouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, but my heart also burdens for the local community. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, in where, where I live, and it's like, okay, what are the needs there, and how can I um, really see a, a difference made right, right here where I'm at? Right, absolutely. Um, and I, I think those are the questions that you need to be asking, keeping in mind. And then at the end of the day, it's just, hey, pick one. Yeah, God might just be saying, pick one. Yeah, pick absolutely. one. Trust me. It's not all about you, anyways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're not the savior. You're you're not the one who's probably going to change everything. Mm-hmm. But God might use you in a small way to yeah make a big difference, yes. or maybe just change one person's life. Yes. Yeah, and like not to not to undermine the value of the one. Right. You know what I mean? Because like a lot of times we we go after the the big mm. things, and I felt like the Lord a few years ago was teaching me that like you know at the end of my life I want to stand before the Lord and mm-hmm. I want him to say well done good and faithful sure. servant right Amen. but if you think about that it's if you think about someone say that cleans a house or something you mm-hmm. can't just spring clean the house and then like like you can't clean it every season and expect to have a clean house like mm-hmm. a clean house comes from like every day you clean the kitchen you do the laundry you put the dishes away you mm-hmm. change the sheets like you do all of these things right and it's so much more more than the spring cleaning more than the big thing right and so much more about the every day and and those little things and i think that it's really easy in our in our american culture that just wants to pursue success and pursue like admiration and all these things and and feedback and it's really easy to go after the big Mm. and and, in the big impact or what seems big Mm. but discount the small and discount the one and so it is really convicting to think about you know of like how can I be a good and faithful servant in my everyday? Right. Because maybe that doesn't look flashy. You know, maybe that doesn't look dramatic or crazy. More times than not, it's not flashy. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it just looks like the day in and day out, mm-hmm. like striving to be faithful to the Lord and mm-hmm. falling on our face and getting back up and doing it again, you yeah. know? And so I think that that is so big and so valuable. So I love, I think that is a good word um, in, in trying to discern that. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that because it is so true. You know, you, you think about your life, everybody wants to have the, you know, easy or celebrity life or yep. whatever. It's like, that's not what most people are living. And mm-hmm. it's usually just comes down to day in, day out faithfulness, mm-hmm. just like you said. Mm-hmm. And that's really where true maturity and growth happens. Yeah. Um, life doesn't change in a moment. No. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, says growth doesn't yes. happen in a moment. Yes. Life can change in a moment. Yes. But growth, <laughs> growth doesn't, doesn't happen count. in a moment. Yeah. It's day in, day out, you focusing on really what it is you're going after. Yeah. And um, that's where real growth and maturity takes place. Yeah. So I appreciate you saying that because it's so true. Yeah, it is. It is um, It is something I feel like the Lord is constantly working on in my heart and in my life because it's easy to fall into that trap of wanting the, you know, the bigger and the better and mm-hmm. yet being content with the with the small and the quiet in the everyday is is a battle but i think it's i think it's going to be worth it i Mm. I think one day when we get to stand before the lord i think that that is going to be worth it um so i would love to hear just a little bit um whatever you can share about what you're going to be doing in in south asia Mm. um and then how we can be praying for you in that sure so in in south asia um our main focus we're really trying to get indigenous church planning movements going um so what that means is going out and, and sharing about Christ with different people and, you know, praying that they would turn from their sin and their old, you know, worshiping millions of other gods and mm-hmm. come to know Christ because we just believe that you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And yeah. um, he is the the one God who has come to rescue us and save us and redeem us through his life, death, and resurrection. And, um, you know, so we just believe that it, he's the answer. You know, and it's a treasure to know him, and um, and so it's a beautiful gift to know him, and so we want to share that that message and that gospel with, um, you know, everyone, and so we go out and share the gospel and try to make disciples and form churches, identify leaders, um, train leaders, and then really try to get those churches and those leaders to be about the mission of God to plant more churches. Yeah, and so that's how you get an indigenous church planting movement going. 
Um, so that's our focus. You know, I have a focus on the city itself, but also on a vill- the villages, about 27 million people who live in villages, wow. one region of the state, and really just traveling out to these villages, um, either by train or, you know, my bike and going out and trying to build relationships there, share about the beauty of Christ and, um, yeah, and then just pray and ask God to work and move through all of that. Yeah. So that's, that's really the focus and that's, that's the hope. Cool. So. Yeah, and then you're going to be there for a hot minute, right? Yeah, so a little bit. I mean, I've taken a few trips in the past. Cool. Um, this would be my fourth trip to South Asia. Um, my last couple of trips have only been for about a month at a time or so. This one will be for about two years. Um, okay. And really just trying to say, hey, God, I, I have open hands to whatever you yeah. want. Um, there was an opp- opportunity that was presented and saying, Lord, I just want to be faithful. And mm-hmm. um, I'll be faithful and trust you in this this next step. And I just felt like two years was a good amount of time to mm-hmm. try and learn language. Yeah. You see that? I mean, you see that? Like, I don't know how it's going to be. <laughs> see but, how that, that yeah. rocks and rolls. You know what I mean? Like, going back to just trying to be faithful, like, I don't have high expectations for my language right. learning. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, this is what I have to work <laughs> That's that, right. But like, maybe I, you know, hopefully I can just keep a good attitude yeah. and hopefully it'll come. I can imagine that is probably the one of the biggest struggles. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Because if you can't speak a language, you well, can't, right. it's... It just, yeah. you know, you can't do much in yeah. the community. And so, you know, I'm going to try to learn a language, kind of jump right in. Um, Going back to school. <laughs> there you go. And then, um, yeah, so I was saying, try to learn language. Um, that's going to be interesting. I took some Spanish for one time, but, you know, it wasn't like the greatest. So That's awesome. <laughs> we'll see what happens with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm like, I can barely say hi in Spanish, and that's pretty much all I have sure. from my uh, two years in high school of foreign yeah. language. I try to use it a lot, but I don't know very much. So. <laughs> that's what Google is for. Sure. That's what I use Google for. Sure. Um, but, yeah, you know, two years, oh, that's what I was saying, two years, it, learn language, but then also go through some highs, go through some lows. Yeah. Really see, like, what is it like to live here? Yes. Because you can go on a little, like, three-month stint, you yeah. know what I mean? And and it's not sure. quite the, and even two years, you know, the, obviously, like, you, but but that kind of time, you know, allows you to really get the, the ins and the outs a little bit and, right. and feel those highs and those lows that are, you know, going to be bittersweet. You that's know? right. Yeah. Yep, and then at the end, at the end, of, at the end of two years, just kind of pray and assess and see how the time was, and okay, Lord, like you know, what's next? Is yeah. it staying here, you know, for a longer period of time, you know, and how long is that, or is it, you know, somewhere else and yeah. doing something else? So, that's so exciting. Yeah. I am really excited for it. I think that's yeah. going to be. I mean, I have no well. doubt that that's going to be awesome. But yeah. um, we will definitely be praying for you in that because Thank obviously so that is a big, um, a big life change. But I have no doubt that that's going to be really impactful and really exciting sure. to be a part of. So lots of highs, highs to look forward to. Probably sure. a few lows around, along the way, but mm. that's going to be awesome. Um, so I have one last question for okay. you, and it is this: What are you learning in this season of your life? Mm. I'm a learning. When people ask me, I'm like, I gotta think about it for a moment. I know, right? I'm I feel like we're always learning. Things. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be crazy. It can be something small. It doesn't have to be like really deep and profound <clears throat> and you know Christiany. Um, yeah. But just what what is God teaching you in this season? You know, so when I started this journey to actually head overseas, uh, it was about three months ago, mm-hmm. and you know, I think there's uh, there can always be a little apprehension, you know, totally. and just fear of like, how long is this process going to take? For me to actually get over there but it's been amazing to see the lord meet me in so many ways whether it was when i was meeting with people and just kind of sharing the vision of the ministry or um yeah even even just just random things this whole like last couple months just seeing the lord's provision mm-hmm. and each kind of step of the way seeing like the lord's like i got you in this yeah you know and even as well like when i'm when I, when I pray and just ask the spirit to to meet me and um you know be amongst us if i'm meeting with somebody just see the difference in that um, in that meeting and, and so i think a reliance upon god and more of a dependence upon god and seeing him provide in so many ways mm-hmm. um you know from from the scriptures you know i, I always just try to just keep studying the word mm-hmm. and um, being faithful in that and so you know right now working through like book of romans a little bit and so there's a lot of great things in there yeah um, that always are good reminders and just good truths to hold on to as yeah well. 
Man, Paul doesn't mess around. No. I'm a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, we will um, we'll be praying for you as you enter this new season. I'm really excited for you, and I'm really grateful for you mm. carving the time out the week that you're leaving um, yeah. to do this and share your heart and um, just share what the Lord is teaching you and all of those things. So thank mm. you so much for doing this. Yeah, I do have one more question yeah. for you guys. Okay, okay. you can ask me a question. You're allowed, yes. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so I'm curious if we kind of circle back around yeah. um, to jail ministry. Yeah. I was a little curious. Um how is it for you guys in regards to everybody's a little different? Mm-hmm. How is it for you guys in regards to, you know, once people get out, we talk about that revolving door. Yes, yeah. Do you guys have anything in place that really helps in that? To, so it's not a revolving door so they can step into a different community from the one they, yeah. they were in? How is that yeah. for you guys? So it's, it's kind of hard because so technically we are VICs at the prison. Mm-hmm. And so we're volunteers in corrections. So we're considered staff, mm-hmm. um, which means that we're not allowed to have any outside contact with them once they get out. Really? Yeah. So that well, is a problem. a problem. Yeah, it is very hard. Um, we can be Facebook friends, <laughs> but you can't really do much through uh, Facebook. Mm. And so that has been um, actually a huge burden on my heart just because you see these girls that you love, um, that you've spent months with, get out and just struggle, just mm. really, really struggle. And so, um, you know, I don't know, like even you're talking about with like jail and stuff, I don't know how strict they are with that kind of stuff, but like we're we're not allowed to touch them in any kind of way. So like to pray with someone, like put your hand on their shoulder or Mm. give them a hug, like there's a no touching policy and and they are like cracking down big time at the prison right now, which has been an interesting adventure. Um, But, you know, it it has been it has been hard. it's just been hard to see that. Mm-hmm. And so we have connections with reentry homes and that kind of stuff. There's um, a couple programs. Well, I mean, there's a lot of them, but there's a handful of them in particular right. that we work with and kind of try to like usher them towards. And really what I've seen is that when they go back to a reentry home, they are so much better off mm-hmm. um, in the long run than when they go back home. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times home is right back to where your old friend group, right. a lot of times your family was mm-hmm. was kind of part of the problem too and so you go back right to those those old habits those old addictions like all of those things and so um so it's been hard like that i mean that the short the long short story i don't know um has been that that has been a really difficult thing because there are so many strict parameters on that and i Mm. um i've i've been really frustrated by that in that you know these women don't have great support systems usually Mm -hmm. um that's part of why they they end up in prison Mm. um and so then they have somewhat of a support system in prison with us mm-hmm. coming in, but they get out and they're not allowed to have that anymore. And so um, my eyes have been really open to a lot of just the injustice in our correctional system mm-hmm. and um, just a lot of the ways that it doesn't do a great job of supporting them. And so I do have big dreams of possibly like, I don't know, we're, you know, there's there's a handful of things that you can do. Um, like you, you can be a CRP at the prison, okay. um, but then you have to have a staff member escort you everywhere, which mm-hmm. I would be considered a staff member. So it's just, it's, but not if I'm a CRP, but if I'm a CRP, I can have contact with them on the outside, mm-hmm. but then there's nobody to get me in to mm-hmm. the prison. So it is just a little bit of a tangled web. So, right. um, so that's what we've, we've experienced. Um, we've yet like, thank God to, to have girls that have gotten out that I have personally seen get back in um because a program that we work with has a pretty low recidivism rate which is wow. really awesome it's amazing um but yeah it is it's a it's a process but that's kind of been my experience with um with that situation so no that's cool yeah uh, the reason i ask is that because um when i first started doing it you know it was kind of similar mm-hmm. for um for what i you know, just guys would get out and it's like there were a few programs i could join mm-hmm. and those programs do great things, you know yeah. what I mean? And for some guys, that really works yep. really well. Yeah. But there was still such a just, you know, gap. right back in. Yep. Yeah, big gap. Big that's a great, gap. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to say it. And uh, recently, there was a guy that started going, and, you know, I just can't speak more highly of him. Um, but he he basically, I don't know if the same rules apply. Maybe we're just not following them. <laughs> Listen, I recently got in trouble for not following the rules, so okay. now I'm like in tip-top shape. Sure. But, well, yeah, it's, it's their rules. You know, you want to follow them. Yeah, but, especially um, when you're in prison. Right. But he, he, he basically, you know, he comes to jails, but then he also meets them. When they get out, 
he, oh, that's cool. He he's able to walk alongside them. That is so cool. And yeah, most of these guys have never had that in their yep. life. Yeah, and so he's basically saying, "Hey, look, when you get out." I will walk alongside you and I will help you yeah. through this process. Yeah. If the guys want it. Some guys say, hey, yeah, I want that. Yeah. When they get out, they yeah, don't yeah. want it. Yeah. But there have been guys, and I'll tell you what, that has made the world a difference. Oh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt because there is, and that that's kind of been my, my vision and my dream as I've, you know, I'm always dreaming about stuff with prison. Um, mm-hmm. But like there being some kind of like mentorship program in place where that when they got out, they had a person. Mm-hmm. Like that, the, and they were like their person that walked with them that they could go to when things, that they could go stay the night at their house yep. when they didn't have somewhere to sleep, that they sure. could get a meal, you know, that someone to take them to Walmart and buy some clothes you know or for your mm-hmm. new job you know or whatever right. it is and and having that person to be your support because i think that is probably one of the biggest needs like it is hard in prison but that that gap between being in prison and then being okay on the outside mm-hmm. that's where you lose them right. like that's where you lose them every time and so um it is just a vast vast need so that is so cool so cool it's that's honestly amazing. it's amazing to see what the lord has done through that yeah like just so many guys who have taken him up on that yeah. and really, you know, have actually come to know the Lord. That is so cool. And oh my gosh. now they're being discipled. Yeah. Now they're in the church and now they're reaching back out to the community. You know, these were former drug dealers. Amazing. And former yep. guys who spent their whole lives in prison. And because he was willing, just you said, step into that gap. Yes. Um, made a huge difference. Yes. And so that's that's what I think is one of, if not the most important things when it comes to jail ministry. And that's why I wanted to bring it up mm-hmm. just because seeing when I first stepped into jail ministry and, you know, God was still working and, totally. you know, you, you saw, you know, when the guys get out and there would be success stories. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, like when guys get out and if they have somebody there who really cares about them mm-hmm. and is willing to, um, you know, walk alongside of them through whatever struggle and really help them in that process mm-hmm. and the guys are willing to respond mm-hmm. to that, Man, it makes a world of difference. Well, yeah, because I think half the time nobody's ever had someone look them in the eye and say, you can do it. For sure. Like, I believe in you. Most guys have no, nobody that really has believed in them that no, way or I've, cared about no, them No, no. And so all the, they've heard their whole life is like, you're a mess up, mm-hmm. you're an addict, you're yeah. a fender number, whatever, sure. you know? And so that is like their reality. And so there's something that, that changes when you flip that switch and you start speaking life yeah. into someone. And I think that that's a game changer. And mm-hmm. so that that just gets me excited about the possibility of doing something like that with our girls. And man, we are we are praying for, we're praying for a revival in, in our prison that we go mm-hmm. to. Um, but we're praying for revival all over the, the state of Missouri and in our country and in our incarceration system because there is there is a cycle of brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe God's bigger than it. Amen. I believe He's bigger than it. And so, and I want to be a part of seeing it happen. I mean, maybe I'm being like a little, sure. <laughs> a little selfish, but like I want to see it happen. And so I'm Why super not? expectant and hopeful um, in that. So I, I love that you've been able to be a part of that um, because mm. I have no doubt that that has been just such a big gift to those men. Mm. Um, and I love hearing about what other people are doing with that gap because it is such a big need so that is so awesome Mm -hmm. that is exciting well thank you so much for doing this it really means a lot to me and um we're really grateful to have you here yeah thank you so much it's been a blessing Denise, you guys just love that conversation. Ty was just so kind, and um, he really is as genuine and gracious in person as he sounds on the podcast. So if you guys think about him over the next few days or weeks or months, just be praying for him in the ministry that he's going to be doing. Be praying for this transition and all of those things that will come with that. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Jessica Lauren Photo, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified every time a new episode drops. Hope you guys are having a great week and we will see you next time on the Truth Speaks podcast.